Welcome everyone, I'm Emma Walsh, CEO of Parents at Work and welcome to supporting your child transition to care. I'm joined today by special guest Charlene Vlahos from Karatani. They're um, well-known parenting experts in this space, so um, together we hope to provide you some great tips that will help you settle your child into uh, childcare, perhaps for the first time, or a new caring arrangement, whether it be childcare or um, with a parent or grandparent um, that your child is new to being looked after by. Um, and this will be particularly helpful for people that are returning to work um, or having some change in childcare uh, or work arrangements next year. Um, that will mean that your child has some change ahead. So welcome Charlene, great to have you with us today and uh, we look forward to you know, hearing your points on this topic. Thanks Emma, it is great to be here and talking on an issue I think that um, many parents um, struggle with and um, it'd be great to um, share some tips and ideas about that. Great, okay. So I think this is the overview, that we, this is what we thought we'd share with you. What are the challenges to expect um, when you are returning back to work or you're changing um, your child's uh, care arrangements? That's the obvious place we thought we'd start. Then we thought we'd share with you what you can do to prepare yourself and to prepare your child and, and broader family for it. Um, we thought we'd talk about separation anxiety too because um, for many families this is a challenge and um, we think we've got some good uh, tips on that. Um, we'll talk to you about changing routines because again, um, often a change in care arrangements means a change in routine. So um, what's most likely to come up that might be useful for you? And of course, breastfeeding. If you're continuing to um, change um, care arrangements but wish to continue to breastfeed, uh, what are the things that you can do to make that easier? So um, Charlene, let's start with the obvious one. I think it's the challenges. And you know, I've prepared a couple of questions that I thought we'd um, chew over and that might be useful for um, as a starting point for this discussion. So what are the top three challenges you think parents and children face um, when it comes to um, a change of routine, particularly when in those first sort of, I guess, um, three to 12 months um, transitioning into a new arrangement? Yes, I guess the biggest thing with um, with anything, even if you're not returning to work, even if you're at home, is some of the the, the changes that happen in the three to twelve months um, age period. So routines change all the time, and so just when you think you've got it down pat and then you've got an understanding, okay, I've got this sorted, um, then your baby changes. They grow, they develop, and then they require um, different things from you. So I think that's the, one of the biggest things for parents to be thinking about. Um, when you're planning to return to work, where is my child going to be at that particular stage? Um, so, you know, will they be starting solids? Um, how much sleep do they need? Do they um, go back down to two sleeps? Do they have three sleeps? And what does that look like overnight? So those things are really probably the biggest thing. Um, it's just being prepared for that. So, um, you know, if introducing solids at that particular time, that's going to change things as well. It's going to change things around um, breastfeeding or bottle feeding. So getting some really good information about where your child is at at that particular time. So if they are going into care, then you can share that with the person who's going to be caring for them, whether that be um, a relative or a friend, or they're going into childcare, or um, going into a nap, um, you know, into to um, a nanny or that type of service. So I think you need to just be across that and I think you have to also allow time for that transition and routine. Um, 
And so if you can transition to that, start to work towards that as you're returning to work, to that return to work date, then that's a really good time to do that. Um, what's not helpful or what can be more challenging is if you're trying to change things really in the week before you return to work. Mm. So that mm. can be really tricky. Um, children need time to transition and cope with change, as we all do. Um, and so that will make it much easier if you don't have the pressures of, you know, I've got to return to work and you're anxious about that or thinking about what that those demands will be, as well as the routine of your child. So um, preparing yourself is really important. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking um, from, you know, back when I think about my time transitioning um, my young children into care for the first time, but also that every year I noticed after that it would be different. So, um, you know, for the first year we had um, a certain amount of care with a nanny because we had the twins and then we mix that in with some childcare and then I noticed after a year we were changing it up all again and um, what I recognised after a while was really helpful for us is to really think about the year I had ahead and what most likely would be the changing things that would happen for us um, as a family or I needed to be um, thinking about and then put together a bit of a plan. and. Um, I, th I certainly have seen people do those sort of plans in spreadsheets, if you're a spreadsheet kind of person, but really starting to think about, okay, well, if my plan is to be working this many days or to be moving into this job or moving into this new childcare centre, then these are the things that are really important to me and really writing those things down and prioritising those things so that we can then really get a plan for, okay, well, if they're the really you know top five most important things for our family around, the transition and what we'd like to see happen, um, making sure that we'd you know identified that for ourselves first, because then you can communicate it to the carer, whether it be a new childcare centre or your your grandparent. Um, it was a great tip that was given to me early on around writing it down, um, the most important things, um, and that really helped me when I was um, certainly briefing new nannies or a childcare centre. Yeah, so, and I think in many ways. Um, you know, when we're working parents that, you know, we, we plan for meetings, we plan for projects, we do a lot of planning, we write things yeah. down. Um, and sometimes we don't always use those great skills that we already have when you're really thinking about the priorities um, of your family. And so um, writing things down is great. And we, you know, we really advocate for that, for anything you're going to when you're thinking about your family is um, to write them down. Because when you get into those situations, sometimes you forget. Mm. And um, those points um, may get lost, or so. And it also makes it very clear to the person that is going to be caring for your child that your expectations or what you want to happen. That mm. they're very clear about that. And mm. people who are caring for your child really find that helpful. Mm. Um, you know, it takes time to get to know each other and their relationship and what they do um, in that care situation might be a little bit different. But if they know this is what's really important for this family, then you work together and you're much more on the same page. And that, that's great for you, but it's really, um, really critical for your child to have that consistency as well. Mm. So, um, and it's okay to have those. Um, plans in place and you know and allowing for some flexibility with that as well because and that things may change throughout that year and you can reflect on the year before where were we were three months ago and where do we need to be now is it working you know really looking at that all the time is um mm. is still important to kind of not just sort of plowing forward because this is what we had in place that things 
you know, you may need to jiggle things a little bit. And I think it's really useful, as a, you know, to then share whatever you're thinking with your spouse, you know, your partner, your husband, your wife, whoever it might be, that's caring with you um, for your child. To then have that internal, you know, household conversation around, you know, responsibilities and expectations and, yeah, this is what we think will happen and are important to think about. I know um, perhaps in my household I thought about that stuff before my husband did, but when I was able to then talk, you know, clearly say this is what was on my mind sure. and, and introduce the conversation, mm -hmm. you know, he then became part of that um, problem but also solution. That's right. And don't, uh, I guess we can't ever assume, you know, um, parents will bring different things to the parenting um, role. Yeah, um, and because we're all different, and so you can't always assume that your perspective or what you're thinking is that your your partner is actually going to understand that as well. And so you may need to absolutely share them and put them out on the table. And sometimes it's actually it's much more helpful for yourselves and even your child that these things happen, these conversations happen outside of stressful situations. If you kind of get like this isn't working or it's been a really busy day and you haven't been on board, that you don't build those things up because it does come to a head. And so it's much more uh, useful for all of you to do that preparation and thinking and sitting down and chatting about it before you're really getting into the midst of the changes that, that are um, that are coming. So um, and just rechecking in um, and what your expectations are from each other and checking in and go, how are you going with this? You know, is it being difficult for you? I found this really hard. I don't think this is working. So, you know, always rechecking that but having those conversations, not when you're feeling really stressed because that's not helpful for anybody. It's, it's hard to hear and it's hard to communicate what you really want at that time. Yeah, okay, that's good tip number one. Okay, you've got here as well, Charlene, around getting sleep. Mm -hmm. I know <laughs> I always want more of this than I get. <laughs> What's your point around getting sleep in well, terms of top challenges? Yeah, I, well, I think parents, before they're returning to work or, you know, perhaps you've already got one parent that's already at work, and the challenges of night waking and thinking about, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do this if I go back to work? How am I going to get up and function during the day? When is my child going to sleep through the night? And I guess, you know, when we're talking about the first three to 12 months, really night waking, a child waking mm. at night, it's really expected. Common. Yeah. Um, that it's normal for them to wake up and have a feed during that. And that's really normal. We would expect that, really, to the age of 12 months. Some children do sleep through the night earlier than that. Some don't. Um, so I think that's one of the things. I think once you have that expectation or there is a realisation that, you know what, this is normal, I think that's one of the things that we see parents struggle with the most is hearing, you know, oh, you know, my friend's child sleeps through the night. And I'm, I'm, you know, that's unusual in the first 12 months. Mm, so mm. I think that having those clear expectations and what to expect is really important. So there are some things that you have to think, you know, I'm going to have to let that go, you know. Um, if some critical tasks or what you think are critical tasks may need to just go by the wayside at home, you know. Mm. If it means that you can just have an afternoon nap on those and we'll catch up on the weekend, then do that. Yeah, it's interesting, this concept of, I, I call it putting yourself to bed. We're so fixated on making sure our children get the mm. right... Um, get into a really good sleep pattern, um, you know, we put a lot of effort into, you know, winding them down and calming them down for sleep time, reading them books, you know, all these good things that actually we don't apply to ourselves. Absolutely. I'm just as guilty. <laughs> um, and so how do we get ourselves into a routine of putting ourselves to bed um, and recognising that 
um, you know, we're, we're going to need more sleep, just like our children are, mm -hmm. um, particularly when we transition arrangements, because it's not just your child transitioning arrangements to you two. So um, it might mean that, you know, you need more than less at that time. Well, that's right. And it's, um, you know, let's get kids into bed, put them into bed, then then thinking about all the tasks, all the jobs I can do once they're in bed. Yeah. Um, so if you have that list, I would probably say half it and then take away another half. <laughs> um, or maybe just one thing. Or just one thing. <laughs> I think that once the children are into bed, that is your time to, like you said, is to wind down. Yeah. And, you, you know, that quality of sleep um, can be had if you get in early enough. You know, that mm. if you know they're going to wake up, if that's what their routine is, then get in earlier. Mm. Um, that you know, there are some you have to be very kind to yourself because mm. when you're sleep deprived, it makes it so much harder. You're going to be, uh, it's going to be harder in the morning. It's going to be mm. harder getting them into the car because when you're tired, you know, you, you, we do things differently. You know, mm. our manner is different. Our interactions are different, and your mm. children, your child will feel that, and they mm. absolutely react to that. Mm. So if you can kind of think that, you know, if you're well rested as well as you can be in those um, first 12 months, then that's going to be much better for your child. It's going to be better for you in the long run in terms of transitioning. Getting them to, you know, because you have to do all those things for them and so they can be very resistant to that. Mm. So um, just so that you know that there's an expectation that there could be night waking, absolutely. Um, but be kind to yourself and try and be realistic about the task you're trying to do. Okay, so there's some of the key challenges. Let's sort of dive into a little bit more detail on some of this. And, you know, I think about expectations being one of the biggest challenges um, because we have one expectation but something else plays out <laughs> and, um, and then we think, oh, no, what went wrong? Um, I think one of the key things you learn when you become a parent is there's so much you can't predict or control, um, but what you have to get good at is being able to manage expectations, think on your feet, um, be flexible around how you approach things. So let's talk about what should you expect from your child when you return to work, or and not just return to work, but just when you change any kind of childcare routine for them. because. You know, most likely if you're returning to work, it will be a change in routine. But for those people already back, but they're changing uh, childcare arrangements next year, perhaps, what's normal? What should you be expecting and look out for? Yeah, so I think first and foremost that your child is very um, receptive to what's going on in their environment. And mm -hmm. so their behaviour will absolutely tell you that. So, I, you know, it it's would be reasonable to expect that your child will be unsettled. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, that they're adjusting just as you're adjusting, so you will feel unsettled as well, but mm. you'll express that in a different way. Mm. So your child, in terms of being unsettled, may, you know, not be having their feet if they're having solids, or if they're feeding, maybe that's a little bit um, taking some time to settle back down again. Um, perhaps they're more clingy with you. Those type of things are all behaviours that are telling us, well, you know, I'm just adjusting here. Mm. And so that's probably the biggest thing. So, um, just if you have it in the back of your mind, like you said, the expectations are really important that, you know, this is going to be fine, I'm just going to put another child and everything, it's going to be okay. And if you're feeling anxious, your child will be as well. And so mm. it's really how you can um, support yourself and your child um, through that process. So I think that's really normal, just to, just to be aware of that. And um, children can take, you know, depending on their age, can take some time to settle into that. If you have a child who's around about... Um, 
hitting kind of a nine-month mark and you're putting them into care, this is a real interesting developmental stage in terms of um, the, you know, the stranger danger. So they become very uh, attached to their permanent caregivers, so mm. usually mum and dad or whoever's at home, and so they're very comfortable with them. Developmentally, they think when they can't see you that you actually don't exist. And so that's that's where they are, and that's ex expected. So when they go into new environments, it takes them longer to settle into that. So if you, if you have a child around that age, then expecting some time to help them transition through that, it may mm -hmm. take a little bit longer. Um, but the, also that whilst they're attached to you, it's also healthy for a child when they're in um, daycare or with a nanny that it's okay that they actually develop those. Um, Attachment relationships with those with those second caregivers, and that's normal, and that's actually a really sign of a really healthy child that they feel attached with you. But it's okay to have a secondary attachment figure during the day. That there's someone else that makes them feel safe, and that's okay. And they will actually gauge that by your reaction. So if you're feeling more comfortable, if you're showing that look, it's okay, mummy's here or daddy's mm. here, we'll be back in the afternoon. That you help your child do that. Mm. So if they're a bit more clingy, that is is. Absolutely not. I remember for years having my <laughs> twins cry every time I dropped them off from childcare, and then when I picked them up, they'd cry because they didn't want to come right. home. <laughs> that's exactly right. Oh, you can't win. You uh, can't win. But that's that's normal stuff, and so right. it's you know just really um, like I've written there. Just you know, they may need more cuddles and a bit more attention at that time. It's okay, mm. um, and you'll help them transition by your calmness and your approach. Mm. That's great. So let's dive into a little bit more about what's going on when we talk about separation anxiety. It's a common term, but I'm not sure we always define it. What is separation anxiety? Let's start there and, and then we'll talk a little bit more around how we deal with it. So you've talked about it being common around nine months of age, but yeah. what actually is separation anxiety? So it's, it's a normal fear that children develop um, from being away from their parents and carers. So really, it's their secure base. It's the people that they are um, that they feel most safe with. Mm. And you know, I think it's a really strong word. You know, we're saying mm. we call it separation anxiety, and that's what people refer to it. Um, so I don't want you to think your child has an anxiety disorder mm. or anything like that. That you know, this is very normal. And actually, it's quite a primitive um, response. Mm. You know, if children didn't feel attached to their parents or they didn't mm. feel fear when they were away from their parents, then that's, like I said, very quite, quite primal. We would mm. lose them. Mm. They would just go. Mm. And so a child who knows where they belong is actually very healthy. Mm. So it's normal for them to feel that fear. So that's really, it, it's just one of those things. And it's where they, you know, they um, learn that sense of as they get a little bit older, kind of just after 12 months, they mm. learn, oh, it's okay, you're going to come back. And that's where their brains develop that object of, of permanence, mm. that mum and dad are here, this is where I feel safe, that I'm staying close by, it's going to keep me okay. Mm. And they start to learn, oh, I can start to move out a little bit. So when we look at children moving into that toddlerhood where they want to start to go out and explore and find their place in the world, so these are normal transitions of development, so feeling nice and close, wanting to explore out from mum and dad, and that's very normal. So the anxiety around it is like, I'm just not sure of this situation, I haven't seen this person, this is all very unfamiliar, and so their primitive reflexes are saying, this doesn't feel okay. Mm. And as humans, we were often, you know, we're, we're in a strange situation, you're in a dark car park, something in us says, this isn't okay, it doesn't feel safe. And mm. so they're those things just for your child that this doesn't feel safe. And that's what really separation anxiety is. So they need some help 
from us to let them know that it's okay. Yeah. This is a safe place to be. And I find also in the work that I do coaching parents um, returning themselves that the parents themselves can feel a sense of separation and anxiety. So it is two-way. And I think everything you've just said really applies to mum and dad too. Um, if you've been at home um, primarily um, full-time caring for your child, suddenly to have the following week your full-time or, um, or even part-time uh, away from your child, that can really feel like a you know, a big shift and change and you miss them. And I think just to acknowledge that yeah. that's not wrong, there's nothing wrong with you, that's completely normal um, and just giving yourself the same advice. Give my, you know, how can I make myself feel better about this? How can I allow myself time and space to get used to this new arrangement? That's right. Mm. And so your child will look to you for reassurance. You know, mm. the child who always looks at you, you know, their care might have and they keep looking back at you. Mm. If you're feeling really anxious and you're projecting that, then your child will actually go, mum or dad's not looking very happy about this and it can kind of perpetuate it. So, mm. you know, like you said, Emma, really acknowledge your own feelings. It's a transition for everybody and it's normal to miss. And I think that's great. Mm. Um, but helping your child through that as well. Okay, so... Let's talk about um, routines. So what, what we started with a couple of ideas on this, but let's get into a little bit more specifics. What tips can um, people use and parents use to settle their children when they specifically leave and come home from work? Um, what, you know, what are the new routines or tips that people can put in place to actually help? Yeah, so I've written there, choose a routine that works. So I think that that's really um, very family specific. So I guess the big point about when you leave work, that you're thinking about your day, reflecting on your day, but thinking about your emotions that you can kind of leave at work mm -hmm. because you're going to be stepping into a new, into the home environment with your child and your child's going to need a different part of emotions from you. So mm -hmm. if you can make that transition, just like we say for children, then that's really important. But around about choosing a routine that works, so doing the same thing every night, or as much as you can actually makes your child feel very safe and secure, mm -hmm. that they can predict what's coming next. So when I say one that works, um, just because you get home at this particular time, you have dinner straight away and into bed, then that's not always going to work. Who else is coming home? Who else does your child want to see at that particular time? Mm -hmm. So you have to think about that because if you want your child to go to sleep at 7 o'clock, but um, other people in the family are getting home at that time and your child wants to play or is really mm. excited, then that's not going to work. Mm. You're really fighting a losing battle. So really taking a step back and saying what works for our family mm. um, and, your, and for your child. So I would say just um, keep it simple, keep it predictable um, and that, it, like I said, works for the whole family. Um, and that's what your child will respond to. I, I'm really... Uh, I, think overscheduling is a real issue with mm. families at the moment. Mm. You know, you get home and quick, let's go to this or let's go to this class or that you feel like you have to cram everything in. And when your child's very young, the most important thing really and absolutely critical to their development is actually you. It's no, it's not activities, it's not all that extracurricular things, it's time with you, it's time with mum and dad at home. Mm. Mm. So, um, you know, coming home, if dinner's Sometimes they have 
Uh, they might eat well at childcare. Sometimes children get home, they're not particularly hungry because they're yeah. tired. Or mm -hmm. So does it have to be dinner at that particular time? Can you do that differently? So I think find what works for, for your family. Mm -hmm. um, and try not to be in a rush. You know, children feel stressed. They're very resistant. If you go, come on, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. We feel like that and they feel like that. And so you'll find that you will find it much more difficult to get into a routine. So predictability is the key. Yeah, I found one of the great tips that worked um, for me, and I, look, I still use it. Um, and actually, interestingly, often my children will ask me for it the night before. And it, it's this, what are we doing tomorrow? Mm. And they want to step through what the routine is going to be tomorrow. Yeah. And so I got into an early habit of saying, okay, tomorrow is such and such day. You're at childcare. What's going to happen is I'll get you ready. I'm dropping you off. You know, Dad's going to pick you up or whatever the routine was for that particular day. Mm -hmm. And we'd talk through what was going to happen. Yeah. And is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. Okay, good. I mean, that's easier, obviously, once they get a bit older. Yeah. But I remember getting that great guidance from um, a great mother craft nurse early, even when the twins couldn't talk back, saying that your children can understand Absolutely. when you tell them things. They just can't communicate it necessarily back to you in words. But if you are to say to your 18-month-old, this is what's going to happen, they will pick it up. They will understand what you're sharing with them. And um, so that was a great tip and I, I found it very useful. Yeah, it, it, it is a great tip. Even when your babies are born, from the moment they're born, it's, um, um, you know, I'm changing your nappy, let's change your nappy, you know, you're talking yes. about these things all the time, so that language comes, and it's the approach that you have as well. So if it's a really, oh my God, we've got this tomorrow, we've got to do you know, X, Y, Z, and it's going to be so busy, that's stressful. Okay, yeah. so, you know, this is what's on tomorrow, this is what we're going to do, and talking through, remember, you wake up in the morning, oh, today's Wednesday, today, remember, we're going to childcare, so you're just talking all the time, and says, you know, it's almost, um, you think, gosh, I just talk all the time, that's really important for your child, yeah. Yeah, and your approach to that will be really reassuring from them. Yeah, I look, and I look, I find that you're always going to have moments, probably more regularly than not, where they're really resistant to, um, you know, cooperating with you when you yeah. want to leave for work or leave for childcare, or um, vice versa when you want to come home and, and get settled at home, and just recognizing, I think, where um, when you're dropping off a child or picking up a child, just where they're emotionally at at that point. Absolutely. You know, are they, um, you know, they've had a testy evening and they're pretty tired that morning and you, know, you can already see they're quite wobbly, um, probably isn't going to, you're going to have to go go gentler, go yeah. slower that morning yeah. um, rather than picking it up. And the temptation is to get them, come on, get going. Yeah. Um, but I certainly learned early on that when I saw them wake up wobbly in the morning, that meant I was going to have to slow things down and my expectations of what I was going to get through and how quickly I was going to get yeah. through it that morning needed to be managed. <laughs> yeah, and it needs to be managed differently sometimes. That's yeah. just being really responsive to what's going on for you. And you know yourself, you know, some days you handle things a bit differently or a bit better than the day mm. before, mm. and that's okay. Um, but yeah, the more that you push when they're in that, in that frame, then um, that's going to make it much more longer and more difficult um, okay. for you. All right, the last one we wanted to spend a bit of time on was breastfeeding. Um, and obviously this you know, is a really common question, how can I breastfeed at work? Um, will that work? What tips do we have? Um, 
to share on that point, Shelley? Yeah, well, I think the first point is um, don't think that you have to give up breastfeeding because you're returning to work. And that's a common misconception. Parents are, I'm returning to work, I need to put them onto the bottle. So, I mean, obviously it depends on how old your child is. But certainly if they're at solid stage, um, we always say plan ahead. So, you know, like I said earlier when we were talking about, um, you know, I'm going back to work next week, I need to change the routine now. So same with breastfeeding. So you need to plan up. So how old will my child be? How many feeds might they be having at that time? So really thinking about that because what you can actually do, and I've written there, be creative with your routine is that you can still you know, do great breastfeeding um, before you go to work, um, whilst they're in care, um, when you're at work, then you know, they've got water in a cup, they've got, so they're on solids, you know, even from um, six months, you know, they can get their sustenance when they're away from you from other, from other um, avenues. And then when you pick them up, then you can resume your breastfeeding um, routine during the night and really by the time they're nine months you're really probably looking at maybe three or four breastfeeds um, in the 24-hour period so what you the most important things for when you're returning to work with breastfeed is actually looking after your breast when you return so you don't want to get mastitis um, so um, having those conversations with your workplace with your manager these is the, you know and saying this is what I'm going to need I'm going I'm still breastfeeding I need a place to express and a toilet is not a place to express um, and that you're actually entitled to those. So, you know, making sure that you're looking after your breast during that time. So making sure you're not getting any lumps um, and that you're not feeling unwell because they're the beginning signs of mastitis. And your child will adjust and your body will adjust as well. So just so long, like I said, it's not, um, I'm changing it right now and I'm back to work. Yeah, that's great. And look, I think the only other thing that I would um, add to this point is Really um, talk to your workplace and your manager before um, you're going back and really have a conversation with them about the reality of what you're, you're trying to do if you're going to be breastfeeding um, when going back to work and really um, get them on board early asking for their um, arrangements and, that are in place in your, your building because maybe you weren't aware of that before you went on leave um, and what potential um, you know, change of routine might be required, particularly in that first month back. If you can look at a gradual return to work, um, say your intention is to be back at work full time, rather than necessarily jumping back into full time work, how can you actually do a gradual working up to full time? So you might start back two or three days a week and you gradually work your way up to full time. It's a great way of being able to um, manage breastfeeding you know, quite well if that's possible in your workplace. So um, I really encourage you to have a chat with your, your leaders, your managers, your, your organisation uh, to get their support in this place, in this particular area. So thanks for joining us, Shalene. Thanks think, for having us. I hope that's been really useful for everyone, but they are certainly the top tips that um, we find uh, people want to know about. So um, thanks very much for joining us, and we look forward to talking to you again. Thank you.